Well, good morning, church. Man, y'all sound like y'all awake this morning. All right. I'm Jeremy Lindsay. I'm the campus pastor here at Connection Church in Millen. And uh, man, it's exciting. I'm excited for just, I've been excited for this whole series to get here. Um, but man, I'm just, I'm excited just to be able to celebrate the birth of Christ. Amen. And, and you know, it's one of those things, I think this year has been one of those times where God's really been redirecting my attention and my focus that it's not about the baby as much as it is about the Savior that came to, to save us. Amen? And so uh, my, the, the, little, the cute little baby in the manger, that's awesome. But, man, my attention has been more to the conquering king that saved us. Amen? And so um, I promise I'm going to try to preach in a minute. I'm gonna, that's some announcements I'm going to give you all first. Um, some things that are really dear to my heart. You know, it's easy to uh, go through the Christmas season and it be about the gifts and the family and not about the Jesus. Amen? So we've, we want to equip you guys with just, um, just some reading. Maybe this is some things that you can take to your family events to be able to say, hey, let me share this with you. Um, but it's, it's a reading plan, and it's a little green card, and everybody's seat. If you would take it with you, um, read it, and it's something you can just follow, on, follow along with the Christmas um, season and, uh, and just answer the questions of, you know, why do I celebrate Christmas? Why was Jesus born? What's the next step I can take today to show someone else the love of God? It's stuff that we can share uh, with our family. That's one thing I've been, I was convicted of a couple years ago. I've been, I've been following Jesus, but we've been going, I've been going to all my family functions, and nobody in my family knew where I stood on, on Christ because I wasn't talking about it. I was all about getting my presence and going to the house. Amen? Y'all with me? I'm talking real today. And, 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 and people that didn't know Jesus in my family that I said I loved, I wouldn't even open my mouth to tell them anything about Jesus. And it's Christmas. So we can talk about Jesus. Amen? So it's an easy way, easy end. Y'all take it with you. Um, don't let me see any of these left. I'm playing, but don't take these with you, please. The other two things I'm excited about is, you know, when we planted a church, God just kind of put on my heart that we will be a church that would cross racial barriers and denominational barriers. And it's one of those things that I was like, God, what's going to happen? This isn't happening. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fix it now type man, okay? I want results today. And y'all with me? We've been going, doing this two years, and God's opened up a door. Next weekend, next, next Sunday morning, God's allowing us to, to cross the barrier in both dynamics. Ain't that awesome? We got Daniel's Grove Baptist Church here in Millen. Um, their pastor Eric Tate, he's a great friend of mine, and and they're canceling their service and coming to hang out with us. We're gonna merge services together. The only reason, if their place was bigger, we'd go to them. But we we got right now we got a, a big enough place to hold all of us. So they're gonna come worship with us, and we're gonna man we're gonna see God do amazing things. Any y'all pumped about that? Huh? I mean, come on. Woo, that's what I'm talking about. And, and so God's allowing that to happen. And then we're going, uh, then Long Branch Church of God has invited us. And I know I say Church of God, and some of y'all are like, ooh, y'all start freaking out. But I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. Long Branch Church of God invited us to come. Our worship team, some of our worship team is playing with their worship team. I'm preaching. Um, so, so y'all come get some good food. I don't know about the preaching, but y'all come. And, and, and just this love on that church and, and show them that it's not about the nomination, it's about Jesus. And let's start out the new year going in the right direction. So that service is going to be from 9 o'clock p.m. to midnight. So uh, those of you, just don't go to the club and come to the church. All right? 
Some of y'all looking around like, who are you talking to? I was talking to you, okay? And, and so, you know, y'all, let's, 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 it's just exciting to see what God's doing. And I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm happy that God's let me be a part of it. And you know what? I'm just so happy that if I'm the only one here next week, I'm going to be praising him. Amen? If I'm the only one who goes to Long Branch, I'm going to be praising him because God is doing something and I want to be a part of it. Amen? And let's be those people. Um, if y'all can tell, I'm jacked up this morning. I hadn't drank no Red Bull, but I drank about that much coffee. So I'll just hang on to your seats this morning. Um, we've been going through the series called You Came, talking about how Jesus came, and he came in a multitude to do a multitude of things, right? He came to, a lot of us think he just came to save us from going to hell, and that's not the, re, the primary reason. He came so that we would have a, a, a different way. He came so that we would have opportunity to have relationship with God. He came so that we could have life and life more abundantly. I'm so thankful that he came. But see, another reason that Jesus came is he came to make us well. Because we all are sick with sin. I had a guy tell me one day, he's like, you know, you know how easy it is to go to hell? I was like, this is a trick question. And I didn't answer. He said, hey, boy, you stupid? I'm just saying what he told me. He said, you stupid? You listen? What does it take to go to hell? And I was like, I don't know. He said, it takes nothing. You just live like everybody else. You just coast through life. And when you die, you're going to arrive, baby. And I was like, okay. He said, but to get to heaven, you got to turn around and walk away from everything that everybody else is doing and pursue some of the times, this hardest thing that it seems like it's to pursue, but it's the easiest thing because God's with you through it all. See, Jesus came to make us well. He didn't come to make it easy. And so the whole thing is, is I want to ask you a question this morning before I even read the text. I say, well, let me read the text and then we'll, because we'll, y'all half asleep. Let's read the text. John chapter five, that's where we're going to be. If you got a Bible, turn to that. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, <clears throat> Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem from one of the Jewish festivals. Now there was in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is in Aramaic. It's called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered my mind just went, but you know what that word is. Anyway, colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who had been there invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in that condition for such a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me get into the pool where the water is stirred. When the water is stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And at once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. The day on which this took place was on the Sabbath. And the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, is this the Sabbath the law forbids you to carry your mat. Unbelievable, right there. Unbelievable. But anyway, but he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow 
who told you to pick up your mat and walk. The man who, who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Later, Jesus found him in, at the temple and said to him, See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So I'm going to ask you a question this morning. If you knew you were sick, if you knew you were sick, would you want to get well? Come on. Everybody got the flu, it seems like, here lately. Everybody's been sick. If you're sick, do you want to get well? The answer we always say is yes. But in order to get well, you have to take action, right? Boy, y'all ain't ready for this today. I'm telling you, y'all got to come on with me today. We at Connection Milling, right? We're going to get crunk. Y'all with me? All right. Y'all got to say amen, praise God, hallelujah, something. Nothing. All right. There we go. So, so the thing is that so many people walk through this life and they think that Jesus came so they can just get fire insurance and that's it. And that's not it. Jesus came so that you have an opportunity to be made whole. The opportunity so you can be made well. That, that the sin that's in your life doesn't tangle you up anymore. That you're freed from those things. Amen? And it's through Jesus that that happens. See, Christmas is not, a, it's not good. Christmas is, is not good news unless we realize that the only person who could make us well was Jesus, and that's why he came. The only way that we can be right before God was through Jesus. That's the only way it can happen. And, and, and it's crazy to me because so, so many times people say they want to be well, but they don't want to take any action. We, all, we often treat Jesus like we treat the doctor. I'm sorry, Kyle, but I'm going to be real, Okay. People don't want to go to the doctor because they're afraid when they go to the doctor, the doctor's going to tell them something's wrong with them. Huh? You got an ailment? You've been hurting? Things have been bad for so long, you just can't go, and all you're going to do is complain about it because you won't go to the doctor because you're afraid he's going to tell you something's wrong with you. Quit, quit poking your neighbor, okay? And the reality is if you would just suck it up and go to the doctor, he could tell you what was wrong with you, and you would be well in no time. You'd be well in no time. See, we won't want to come to Jesus because we're worried that he's going to tell us something's wrong with us. We're worried that we got to change something. We're worried we got to fix a relationship. We're worried that we got to change our thinking. We're worried that we got to step out of our comfort zone. We won't come to Jesus in a real way. We just want to avoid him. We just want to come to church. We just want to play that religious game. We don't want to really surrender our life to him. And what happens is, is you do life uh, uh, 50 years on this earth and you're still the same jacked up, nasty person you were 15 years, 50 years ago when you said that you wanted to follow Jesus. Nothing's ever changed. You haven't been made new because you've not walked in the newness of Christ. Some of y'all was wondering if I was ever going to take a breath then. But the reality is that is that so many times you don't, you don't want to come to Jesus and let him fix you. You think you can fix you. I don't know how many conversations I have with people. Oh, I'm doing better, Jeremy. I'm doing better, Pastor. I've, 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 I'm trying to quit cussing. I hadn't, I hadn't done this. I had, they, they, link, they, they list all the things. All right, that's on Monday. All right, Thursday comes around. How's everything been? Well, 
I was at work and this person pushed me and I cussed them out. Well, how's that trying to stop cussing working out for you? Because I'm going to tell you, I tried that and the only thing that changed that in my life was Jesus. When I surrendered my potty mouth to Christ, he, he, he cleaned it up. And people look at you when, when I say that like I'm crazy, but I'm being honest with you. I, I, I just despised my language so much. So I was like, God, you got to change that. You know what he did? He changed it because I wanted it gone. See, a lot of reasons why some of you are still struggling with the same old junk is because you really don't want it gone. Come on, we're preaching truth today. See, the reality is you're struggling with the same sin because you really don't want to get well. Now, come on. And so, so the thing is, if you want it out of your life, you will get it out of your life. Quit complaining. Quit just laying in it. Quit just wallowing in it. Bring it to God and let him take it out. That's the only way. See, he came to make you well. So if he ain't making you well, come well, huh? I mean, it's either black or white. There ain't no gray in there. Either he's changing you and molding you or he don't know you. And you need to just look at yourself today. He didn't call for us to keep coming and being the same. He called for us to come and be changed, be transformed. Amen? And so that's the thing. And what I read about this, it's like people, people just are just like that man. Like there's so many of you that have been laying down. Y'all been laying around for years just complaining about the situation you're in, just complaining about the stuff that's happened to you. But you never really took the action to change anything. And God's called us to be a people that are relying on Jesus Christ for everything, to change everything, to, to wipe up everything, to change every character flaw, to change every mindset, to change every stronghold, depending on him for everything. That's why he came. He didn't came just to be an accessory to your life. He came to be the center of your life. Amen? And so through Jesus, those things happen. And when I read this about this guy, it's like I see so many people and I see myself. I ain't preaching at you. I'm preaching with you, to you. I'm preaching to myself. Man, this, this stuff's hard stuff to me when I begin to, to, to digest it. In verse 5, first I want to go to this. Verse 2, he says, Now there in Jerusalem near the sheep gate was a pool. See, the pool was where the healing was supposed to take place, right? The way to get to the pool was to go through the sheep gate. All right, I'm going to bring a little Bible knowledge up here on you. All right, I'm not Dallas, but I'm going to try my best. All right, y'all with me? The, she the sheep gate was the way that the sheep came in to the, they came in to be protected. That's the way they came in to the city. They came in to the gate. The only way to come in was to come through the sheep gate. Y'all with me? So the only way to get to healing, the only way to get to wholeness is through Jesus. That's what that's saying. All right? So the reason you're still struggling is because you ain't bringing that stuff to Jesus. You ain't bringing that problem. You ain't bringing that sin. You ain't bringing that relationship. You ain't bringing those things to Jesus. And so that's what he's saying here. We got to bring it to Jesus. In verse 5, it says, it says, one who had been there invalid for 38 years, when he saw Jesus lying there, and Jesus learned who he had been in his condition, he asked him, Do you want to get well? See, this guy was laying around this pool, and this pool was a pile of people that were wounded. It was a pile of people that were, it was like a colony of sick people. It was a colony of people that were, that were lame, that were blind, that were sick. It was just, they, 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 people just congregated. You know, isn't, isn't it crazy how people with the same ailments hang tight together? I mean, people that gossip hang around gossipers. 
people that are liars hang around liars because they won't tell the better liar than the other person. Um, but anyway, people that are adulterers hang around other people. You, you hear what I'm saying? Birds of a feather flock together. You know what they say? I mean, people that are pursuing the same things hang together. Ooh, y'all ain't ready for this. See, he surrounded himself with the wrong people. That guy, the, the, the invalid, he had surrounded himself with the wrong people. See, a lot of reason why some of us aren't being changed and transformed is the company that we keep. Come on. I mean, that's the reality. He was surrounded with people with ailments similar to his own, and he was hindered, and he was limited by their perspective. If you're around a lot of people that are negative, you're going to have a negative perspective. But if you're around people that are optimistic, they, they, they're realists and they're, they're, they're just, they think, they think they're, they're really just looking at the best side of everything. You're going to have that same perspective. See, a lot of people's problem is they hanging around people with, that are they're just got the same old perspective. You know, the reality was when I met Jesus, I could not change being with the same people that I had been with for 27 years. Y'all with me? Something had to change. Because you know what happened? If I went back around those same people, I was going to go back to that same thing. See, and he was sitting there. For 38 years, that man had been laying there. Come on. I mean, if, I, if I, he was paralyzed, there was no way he could get in there. But I'm going to tell you something. He can move his mouth. I'd be like, hey, Bo, I'm laying there. Hey, Bo, look at When that water stirs up, push me. All right, just push me. And I don't have anything on me right now. But you know what? When I get up, I'll help you out. You know, it's just, come on. If you want it that bad. But instead, he's just sitting there grumbling and, gr and griping. I won't never get well. I'm always going to be here. All these other people getting in front of me. I mean, that's the, he's just grumbling and grappling. This sounds like some of y'all right now, y'all's prayer life right now to God. But see, the thing is, the people we associate ourselves with often are the same people that are going through the same type of struggles. See, that's why connect group is so important. That we get, out, get, we get out of that old and get into the new. Amen? We get around people that are focused on the right things instead of the same old things. That's why it's so important. See, the other thing that he did in this is he was, the pool at Bethesda was a, it was, a, it was pretty much like a, like a, uh, a mystical thing. It, it was like, uh, I'm trying to think of a word, it just left me. Um, Anyway, it was, like, it was a thing that when people, it was, a, it was a myth in which people believed that an angel would come down and stir the pool. And when the water got stirred up, that's when the healing power was in there. And the first one in got healed. Now, don't you imagine all those people that are lame, the water stirs up and they're like trying to kill each other to get in there. And so he believed that. If I could just get in, I could just get in that water, everything's going to be Okay. I can just get in that water, everything's going to be okay. See, that's a lot like religion, isn't it? If I can just go to church, my life is going to be transformed. If I, can just, if I can just say that prayer, if I can just get wet in that water, then everything is going to be all right. It's all about just doing that and not about a heart transformation, a heart change. It was a myth. I mean, if you put, that, you put yourself in that guy's shoes right now, I mean, he had been laying by there. How many people do you think he'd seen get in that water and get back out still lame? How many people do you think come to church and see us not changed and transformed and think there's no power in the name of Jesus? 
Come on. And so this guy, he had been laying there, and, and, and he was, I mean, think about it. Think about his thinking. I can't move. I can't, only thing I can move is my mouth. And if I get in there, if somebody pushes me in there, if I dive in, and this thing don't work, peace out. I'm gone. Think about that. So he was driven by fear. He didn't want to be healed in a way because he was driven by fear, scared that it didn't work. And that fear drove doubt. Come on. He, he was doubtful that that would even happen because he hadn't seen other people changed. And then the other thing is, what if it did, what if it did work? What if, I, what if it did work? Then I couldn't lay around open no more. Then I'd have all this guilt because I've been laying here for 38 years. I could have done this 38 years ago. You with me? So, so fear and doubt and guilt was driving him to, to really just lay there. How many people come to church every week just laying there? Y'all just laying there. You're driven by fear. You're driven by doubt you're, because you doubt the church because you don't see it real in other people's life. You're looking at other people instead of looking to Jesus. And so you're driven by doubt and fear, and, and those things are just, are just keeping you crippled. You're guilty. You feel guilt because of your past. You feel guilt because God's telling you to do things and you don't feel comfortable doing right now. You, you got, you're, caught, you're walking in this condemnation, and it's just holding you back. I mean, the only way this man was going to be healed was to beat everybody else in the pool. And he couldn't even move his legs. He couldn't even move his arms. Think about how hopeless he was. But see, church is that way a lot of times. It's all about competition. The first one in, right? The first one here. If, if I can get righteous enough, then I won't struggle no more. We, we try to make it about if I can outserve this one, if I can outdo that one, we make everything about a competition. Pastors are the worst. We got this competitive spirit. So if we want to be, you know, my church has got to outdo that church. My church has got to do this. My, it ain't about my church. It's about Jesus. And that's, we got to change that. But the reality is we got to get our mindset off of religion and put our minds on Christ. Coming to Connection Church Milling will not send you to heaven. You with me? I want to repeat that. Coming to Connection Church Milling will not send you to heaven. Having a personal, growing relationship with Jesus Christ is what sends you there. But you got to start taking those steps and, and allowing God to heal you. you if, if you're that same person that you were 10 years ago, you don't know Jesus. See, the thing was, and I continue to read down here, his struggles became his own, his own like his security blanket. Like his, his reality of saying, Jesus reached down and said, Hey, tell me about your situation. I would have been like, hey, Bo, I, I, don't, don't worry about how long I've been here. Just when that water stirs, throw me in here. He didn't know who Jesus was. You know what I'm saying? Somebody had some interest in him. But instead, it was all about like, I've been here for 38 years. He identified with this struggle. So many of us have been going through the same old junk for so long, we don't believe we will ever be delivered from it. This relationship's been jacked up so long, God's never going to intervene. This, this work relationship is so messed up. It's, it's always going to be this way. I'm hopeless. I might as well find another job when God planted you there for a reason. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this, this, this addiction has been on me for so long. I just can't, I can't, I mean, I've been trying to fix it on my own. It just can't go away because you've been trying to do it your way instead of God's way. And, and I can keep on adding and talking about things, but you know, you put your problem in that 
scenario there. What's, what do you keep giving God excuses for? See, a lot of times our struggles, we become secure in our struggles. It's like we're comfortable the way we are. I don't know how many people I've talked to is like, I know how I'm living. Does it please God? But I've done it for so long. And I'm like, so? If it don't please God and you're saying you want to please God, then change the relationship and please God. It's not black. and I mean, it is black and it is white. There's no gray, right? And we have been a, we've become a people that want to live in the gray. We want to be, we want to live in the grave. We don't, it's like, oh, I can have my cake and eat it too. We serve a God that's holy, that sent his only son to die on a cross to save us of our sins, to save us in a way so we can become well, that we can be made new. Y'all with me? So to, so, to, so to sit there and be okay with how we are, it's like spitting in Jesus' face. We got a saying here at this church. If you know it, repeat it with me. Say, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. See, we're all jacked up. We're all messed up, and that's okay. But the reality is, is it's not okay for us to be that way tomorrow or the next day. We need to be pursuing Christ and pursuing holiness and not being okay with the problems that we're facing right now. Y'all with where, y'all where I am. God wants you to be holy. God wants you to pursue holiness. He wants you to want him so much that you're willing to abandon everything on this world for him. And you won't do that if you don't realize the sacrifice that he made for you. You know, when I'm looking at this story, it just makes me realize how powerful God is. It really makes me realize how powerful God, the grace of God is. Think about it. We think that this man was made well when he stood up. They're tracking with me? We, when he stood up, we was like, oh, he was well. You know what happened? He was well before he stood up. Amen? Because he came into the presence of Jesus. He, he, Jesus says, Jesus says, hey, look, I want you to stand up. I want you to pick up your mat. I want you to walk. Before the man even moved, he was healed. So the moment we said we're going to follow Christ, when you truly have surrendered him and given him your life, you're healed at that moment. But what you do from that moment on shows how real your commitment was. Oh, we talking real today. Y'all, everybody looking around. They're talking to somebody else. He ain't talking to me. We need a mirror back here if y'all can see yourself. I'm telling you, when I, when I read this passage, I, I realize that, that to get to healing, there's some things that I got to do. God's already given us the opportunity to be healed. God's already given us the opportunity to be made new, to be made whole. But because of that, there's, there's action on my part. I could win the lottery tomorrow, which would be God-ordained because I don't play. But if they called me and said, Jeremy, there's $27 million in Atlanta you need to come pick up, I'd be, I'd be excited. But you know what? I wouldn't have won a dime if I didn't go pick it up. And if I didn't bring it home, and if I didn't put it in my bank account. And there's a lot of you, everyone in this room, we've been given such a great gift, but you won't even go pick it up. Think about that. Jesus came so that you would have the opportunity to be made new. 
Jesus came so that we would have the opportunity not to stay the same person we once were, but to be empowered to be different, to grow in, in Christ's likeness. We don't have to stay the same way we were. I'm thankful that God changed me because I'd have kept going the direction I was going. I'd be divorced, I'd be an alcoholic, and I might be dead by now. If you just, the things that happened to me since I've been saved, I'm like, Lord, if I wouldn't have got saved, you would have sure killed me. And those of you that know me know what I'm talking about. But the thing is, it's like God changed me, and he began to, to mold me. He began to, to knock away the hard edges, but I had to let him. God came to make us new and to, to make us well, but we got to allow him to make us well. See, when I read this, he says, there's some things I got to do. When I read this, it just jumped out at me. Verse 8 said, then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat and walk. He healed him. And then there were some action steps to show that he was healed. I've healed you, Jesus says. Now get up, pick up your mat and walk. See, church, we think that, that when we decide to follow Christ, there's nothing else we have to do. We can, just, we can just float around, do anything we want to do, live any way we want to, and go to heaven. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. What he's saying is, look, if you love me and if you are going to accept the gift I'm giving you, then you have to put it to work. See, a lot of us don't want to put our faith to work. We got this entitlement attitude. I deserve it, and we don't deserve nothing. We deserve hell. That's what we deserve. But he gave us another way, and we should be that. The first thing he says, he says, get up. Get up. The first thing in order for us to, to, to embrace the healing in which God's given us is we got to stand up. We got to get up. I mean, you got to, it took a lot of faith. He's been laying there for so long. He could have just been like, I mean, if you, you even thought about, he'd been laying there 38 years, okay? My leg was messed up for six months. And when he told me to get up and walk on it, I couldn't move it. I, my, my, it had lost all muscle tone. It had lost all those things. In an instant, that man gained all his muscle tone, all his strength, and he was able to stand up. That's a miracle amongst itself, all right? But anyhow... The thing is, he told him to stand up. You know how much faith it took that man to have been laying there for so long even to try to move? And God's found most of you like this. Y'all been laying down. Y'all been just chilling for so long, just laying here. Laying here, and you're like, oh, I'm following you, Jesus, but I hadn't changed. I hadn't moved. Ain't nothing changed. I've been looking in the same view my whole entire life. And he's saying, you got to move. You got to ch- I've healed you. Get up to show that you have been healed. You got to get up. See, what I love about this is your horizontal relationship with God has an impact on your relationships around here. Everybody around you is going to have the same perspective that you have because your relationship with God isn't right. But when you stand up and you're, vertical, you're looking up to God, your perspective changes. See, before, you're looking at everybody that's wounded. You're looking at everybody that's sick. You're looking at the hopeless situation. And then you stand up in the faith of God, and it's like, I'm looking at things in a different light. Amen? See, a lot of times, you got to get your relationship right with God. So many of you are worried about your relationship with everybody else, and this relationship with God ain't right. And until you get this right, all this other stuff's going to be jacked up. Come on. 
And so when this man stood up, it showed that his relationship with God was right. You got to get that. You got to, some of us got to stand up. Stop laying down. Stop, stop being this coward and stand up. It takes action. It takes intentionality. And when you stand up and start following Jesus, your perspective changes. So many people have been living so long in sin and just don't believe that things can get any better. You've been laying down in it. You're looking at the same perspective for someone just laying there. And it, and it, it just kills me. Some of you think that, you know, God just don't work for me. I just want to slap people that say that. And I know people, when I say that, people like Jeremy's always talking about slapping people. It's because I'm, I'm saved and I can't do it no more, so I fantasize. Is that wrong? I ain't called nobody by name. I mean, come on. But the thing is, is that, I mean, when you say Jesus don't work for you, that just says that you don't believe in the power of Jesus. And until we take the focus off of everybody else, start putting our focus on God, your situation is not going to change. See, Jesus met that man laying down right where he found him. Met him laying down in, this, in, this, in, a, in, a, in a horrible situation. But yet he grabbed him and he brought him up. How many of us are thankful for where God found us and what he's brought us out of? Amen. Amen. Are you thankful for that this morning? He re, I mean, I want you to understand that. Jesus met him where he meets us where we are. We got to have faith to take the next step. He met that man. He said, stand up. Take up your mat and walk. That man could have just laid there. There's so many of us in this room that have claimed Christ, but we're just laying there. We're not taking any action steps to show that we truly believe in the Jesus we're claiming. Oh, yeah, we go to church. We might throw some money in the plate, and we might wear a blue shirt, but our lives don't show that we serve a transforming Savior because our lives have not been transformed. And he came to make a way to make us new, to make us well, so we don't struggle with that stuff no more. See, I love the next thing that, that happens. He tells him to pick up his mat. And I know I'm running out of time, so I'm going to go quick. But he tells him to pick up his mat. And I love that. This man, his whole entire life, his whole entire life had been, he'd been laying on this mat. His whole entire life was revolved around this mat. Every time he'd seen that mat, he thought about the times that he just wouldn't, didn't have the strength to get up. He thought about the times that all these other people just overran him and wouldn't look over him. He thought about the times people just made fun of him because he was laying there. Because every time he saw that mat, see, this mat represents our past. I'm finna go deep on you. Y'all ready? See, the very thing this man been laying on for 38 years is what Jesus told him to pick up so the world could see. You ever thought about that? Pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. See, we want to hide our mat. We want to hide our past. We want to get rid of those things because we, we, don't, we don't want nothing to do with it no more. But what Jesus is saying is, I want you to hold that mat up so that people can see your past and people can see how great I am. Amen? See, we want to hide our past. We don't want, we want nobody to know the junk we did. I remember the first time I told my testimony, my whole family was there at church. And I'm like, uh-uh, I ain't doing that. They all think I'm a good boy. And when I start telling them all that stuff, they're going to be like, you lied to us. I'm like, yeah, I did. Many times. But see, 
when I began to tell people my story and tell people what God did, it's like, wow, what God's done through you and in you. And I, and I, I, I struggled because I didn't want that pride thing to, to, to come and hit me. So I'm like, no, it ain't me. It's, it's all God. Look what God's done. But see, the very thing that that man was trying to hide. He didn't want to pick that mat up, but Jesus said, pick it up. See, a lot of us got to realize that in order to heal, we got to realize that our past was for something and that God wants to use your past in order for you to use it to witness to other people because you can relate to other people better. Y'all with me? Don't just hide who you once were. See, and when you deal with those things, it begins to, then what I do, when I start telling people what God did in me, well, I, who I once was, it starts giving me a new confidence of what God can do. I get more jacked up. I get more excited. And, and, and it's like, I seen what God did here. I seen what God did there. God do this in my life. God take this out of my life. God take this out of my life. It becomes to be an addiction I have to see God move. Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm telling you, do you know what I'm, do what I'm talking about? See, the very thing he wanted to hide. See, perhaps Jesus wanted to carry the mat so that everywhere he went, it would be a reminder to him of what Jesus done for him. See, I want you to, a lot of us think about our past and the stuff we struggle with as negative. You need to look back and say, that's where Jesus found me and here's where I am now. Don't allow your past, don't allow your, who you once were to keep you chained down. Allow it to free you. Jesus says, I have come to set you free. Amen. Allow it to set you free and allow it to be a testimony to other people. I've had people that, that, that just they're condemned by their past. They were a horrible mother or they, were, they, they abandoned their children or they were abandoned. And, and different things happened and, and that, that thing has affected them and it's just carried them. And it's been a weight on them their whole life. And instead of them realizing that God allowed you to go through things like that so that you can go share the gospel with somebody struggling through the same junk and give them hope. See, that mat that that man thought was horrible was a hope, was a sign of hope to people around him that were struggling with the same thing. Somebody else that was paralyzed seeing that man walking and was like, there's hope in the name of Jesus. People want to use your struggle. God wants to use your struggle to reach people that are struggling through the same thing. And it's like a chain reaction. Once you stand up, you start walking in the, in the faith of God and start allowing God to use who you once were to project who he is. Amen. That's what we got to be, church. See, Ephesians 2 says this. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. It says, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not for yourselves. It is a gift of God. Praise God. Not by works so that anyone could boast. For we are Christ's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. So if, so if, our, if we were to pick up our mats and walk, then our past was created for us to project Jesus in the future. And even though things that we went through in our life seems unfair, it seems like they did, like, like why I'd go through that? Because God wants to use you to go through and, and reach those that are broken just like you. And some of us are broken more than others because God wants to use, God loves using broken things, church. And he'll use a broken vessel, but he won't use a dirty one. And so he won't, I don't care how broken you think you are, God wants to use you to reach people just as jacked up as you are. 
But you got to pick up your mat and stop allowing that mat to define you. And you need to pick it up and say, yes, I was addicted. Yes, I was a horrible husband. Yes, I was an adulterer. But my God saved me. My God changed me. My God redirected my life. And now, now glory to God, I'm different so that other people can have hope. See, that's the way we start getting well. And the next thing that he did, he tells him to, to pick up his mat. He told him to stand up. He told him to pick up his mat. And then he told him to walk. This is real important. Don't list this. See, you can stand up and you can pick up this mat, but you ain't went nowhere. That's why it's so important that we take that step. And then we take another step. Let me tell you, walking is steps added together, not one step. If you take a step, guess what? You just took a step. God wants you to walk. God wants you to put his faith to work. God wants you to put your faith in action. God wants you to take his faith, take the faith you have in him places. You with me? And so many of you have stood up, but you ain't been walking. So many of you have, have, have you accepted your past, but you still ain't walking. And so you're not experiencing the freedom and the power of Jesus in your life. It's because you're not walking with him. I don't know how many people I ask every week, how's your walk been? And they're like, oh, it's been this, it's been that. I'm going to stop. I'm going to start asking people. All right. So where you been going this week in your walk with God? Because let me tell you, when I, on Monday, you know, a lot of places I walk around. I walk around heartache. I walk around depression. I walk around bitterness. I walk around anger some days. Come on. I walk around frustration. Some days I walk around doubt. Because I'm, I'm picking up that mat and I'm walking with it, I'm looking down, I'm like, all right, I know what you've done, God. I know how you saved me, Jesus. I know what you've been doing. And my faith increases. And I start walking closer to him. I realize that the Jesus that came as a baby is the Jesus that came to save me. And he's the Jesus that's making me new. Amen? And that's exciting. Jesus didn't come to be a baby in a manger so that you can live the life the way you want to live it. Jesus came so you could change your life and please God. And until we get that, you will be just like that man laying by the well 38 years, 40 years, 50 years, and not changing. Always feeling empty. Always feeling like there's something else and never obtaining it because you've never truly surrendered your life to Jesus. Religion makes me sick. People go to church all the time and they count that as righteousness. Anybody can go to church. It takes real people with real guts to follow Jesus. It takes people with grit to follow Jesus. It takes people with desire to follow Jesus. It takes people that do will not quit to follow Jesus. And he don't want people just to come to church. He wants true worshipers, true people that are sold out to him. It's like, God, I want you above everything else because you alone are worthy. That's what he wants, church. He wants people that are sold out to him. And when he looks at this man, and this man is healed, he's walking, he's toting that thing, he's toting his mat. And soon he forgets the man that even saved him. How many of us start walking and we forget about Jesus? Because we start trying to do things on our own. What did Jesus tell him? In verse 14, he says, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. See, obedience is costly and disobedience is costly, church. He came to make us well, 
Don't make a mockery of the cross because you can't make up your mind if you want to follow Jesus or follow Satan. Because to follow your own desires means you're following the devil. I'm telling you, church, I'm going to close out. But how many people in this church right now just sitting by the pool? You're just a spectator. You're just watching things happen. You won't get in. Coming to church and you just won't dive in. It's all about what you can get fed. It's not about what you can give. Church, I'm telling you, there's more to this than just showing up to church and looking pretty. There's more to this than just just saying, I went to church these days. There's more to this than that. It's about, it's about pleasing the God that created you. It's a pleasing the God that sent his son to die for you. It's, 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 it's more to it. And I could keep going, but just laying around ain't working. I laid around in religion for so long. I told my connector this past week, I know I said the sinner's prayer probably a hundred times in about two years thinking that that saved me. I went to church, but I was never giving God my life. I was never surrendering that to Him. I was just going through the vain motion of church. There's a lot of you that's coming, that's came today and your church attendance ain't been working because you've been coming to church and things has not got better. It won't. You've been reading your Bible and things hadn't changed. It won't unless you are following Jesus, unless you are seeking Him, unless you are wanting to follow the Creator of this universe. See, Jesus made a way for all of us to be healed. But you got to be willing to go to the doctor and take the medicine that He has prescribed. And it's easy to come to church. There's another thing to be obedient where are you at today? Some of you today, today you need to stand up for the first time. You've been laying around for too long. You've been complaining too long. You've been having this emptiness for too long. You've been going to church. You might have been baptized. You might have been, you might have even said the sinner's prayer 7,000 times. It don't matter. If you're, if you're not really following him, then you don't know him. One of the biggest things, the biggest lies I think we tell is that people can come and recommit their life to Jesus. You can't recommit something that you have never committed to in the first place. And so God's called us to be a people that are truly committed to him, that I have surrendered all to you. Here's that blank check, Jesus, and I want you to do whatever it is you want me to do because I realize that you have come to make me well. In order for me to be well, I've got to do what you have commanded for me to do. And the first step in that is for somebody to stand up and say, you know what? I'm fitting to stand and acknowledge that I need Jesus. And I'm going to follow him. He's going to be my Savior. If that's you this morning, and that's your first step that you need, you know you need to truly surrender your life and give it to God. If you will, just raise your hand so we can celebrate with you. Amen. Amen, bro. Amen. Amen, bro. We just want to. Amen, bro. We just want to. Raise your hand one more time. We got a prayer group wants to pray with you, wants to, wants to just encourage you, help you take your next step in that. Guys, just, just, just give them a little hand clap. Let's just, let's just, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Y'all understand what just happened? People just chose. They would decide to go from death to life. You know what I'm saying? We should be shouting and jumping. If I could jump and it would hurt my knee, I would. So maybe, maybe, you, maybe some of you, your next step to this morning, if you'd actually pick up that mat. Or you've been looking at it. You've been standing. But you ain't dare pick that thing up because you don't want nobody to see the stuff in your closet. Come on. But maybe it's time for you to, you to say, you know what, God? Maybe today I need, to not, I need to realize that I don't need to be ashamed of my past, but I need to embrace my past. I need to embrace what I went through for you can use me. God, show me how you want to use my past to glorify your name. Maybe that's your next step this morning. And maybe your next step is, is that you actually need to start walking. You've been standing still. You've been watching other people pass by. You've been complaining of why is that one growing? Why, how can I, why come I'm not growing? Maybe you need to start taking those steps every day. Get up every morning intentional saying, God, what you want to show me today? God, where you want me to go today? God, who you want me to pray for today? God, what should I do today? God's called us to be a people in motion. So if we're not moving, if we're just standing still, we're not being obedient. So where are you today? Are you a man or a woman of God in motion? Are you just this person that's been standing still? God's called us to be people that are taking the next steps. That's what we talk about it all the time. It's because we get bogged down by religion. We get bogged down by our pride. We get bogged down by all this junk. And we want to stay comfortable. And my job as the pastor of this church is not to allow you to stay comfortable. To us to keep taking those steps. I'm the shepherd of this flock. And I love you guys so much. And that's why we preach hard messages sometimes. Because sometimes the shepherd's got to get the staff and grab the sheep by the neck and pull them along because they're so hard-headed they don't want to move. Some of y'all, I need a staff this morning. And if I had one, you would not want me to reach out because you know I'll grab you by the neck. And if you know that's you this morning, if you know that you're that sheep that's stubborn, that you don't want to move, but you know you need to move, then that's God telling you to move. I feel confident that God's given me a message to preach to you guys this morning, and this is the Word of God. And anytime you preach the Word of God, it's God speaking to you. Amen? So if God's speaking to you, what are you going to do with it? you're going to accept it or you're going to tell him no. And to tell God no means you're going to be disobedient. So either you're going to be obedient this morning or you're going to be disobedient. And it's on you this morning because I've done my part. And it's up to you do yours. Amen? Let's stand. And let's do business with God. Father, we come to you right now as we begin to get ready to close out this sermon. And God, I pray, thank you, Jesus, for moving in the lives of these two people. And God, I pray that you would just move in our hearts. And God, that you would stir in us. God, we wouldn't, we wouldn't want to stay in our seats. God, we want to, to come to this altar. And God, we want to, to just confess everything that's in us. God, we want to take our next step. Father, I pray that you'd show those people that have been standing still their stagnation, their comfortability. God, reveal it to them. Lord, I pray, God, that those people that, that have been given all these excuses and not turned loose, then God, I pray that you would show them, Lord, why you gave them the past you gave them. God, move in their hearts. Lord, help us take up our mats and follow you today. God, help us be your obedient people. God, move in our hearts today. Change us, Lord Jesus. We desperately need you. And this town, this community, the places that we live, God, they desperately need to see you real in our lives. So God, Holy Ghost, we ask you to transform us and speak to us and make us move even though sometimes we don't want to. Change us today. 
in your name we pray. Amen.